Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Talking Pigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, and joined, as always, by my co-host, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. We've got LSU's win over Mississippi State to pour over, uh, LSU beating the Bulldogs on the road 36-13, to uh, some other games and news from around the country, and you know, our usual lanyap as we have time to cover. Uh, but before we get started, just wanted to suggest to those of you that are listening that are already not following us on Twitter, please do so, at Talkin' Tigs, and we're also on Facebook uh, as uh, Talkin' Tigs Podcast. And you can also find us on iTunes and Spotify as well. Uh, looking, looking forward to get into this win and, and what, what lies ahead. Uh, but before we do that, wanted to check in with you guys and, uh, and see how you're doing. Uh, you know, I'm doing all right. Drinking some of this uh, purple Powerade in honor, of the t- in honor of a good Tigers win. Had some very disappointing Domino's pizza for dinner, so kind of a downer. Uh. But... I'm ready to uh, ready to you know bring it up a notch with some uh, some good LSU football. Yep, Amen. doing pretty well. Good to be back. Another big win this weekend, and then we're looking ahead as we uh, get into the real best teams we got here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, speaking of that win, it looked good. Actually, before we get going, uh, Tommy, I wanted to ask you. Um, you said you had disappointing dominoes. Did you get the the piece of insurance? Well, you know, they're gonna make it right now. Well, I, like I don't think it's it wasn't like messed up. There wasn't anything. Well, actually, you know what? It probably was messed up because like the little breadsticks thing that I got, like the sauce spilled everywhere, and they didn't give me the marinara. But like I don't know. I feel like really really uncomfortable trying to claim my my pizza insurance. Like I don't know if I have to go through my agent. You know, like <laughs> am I gonna have to pay a deductible? So I'm probably just gonna let it go. And uh, you know, just uh, maybe not get Domino's next time. <laughs> there you go. Uh, now I would suggest just to do it and try because the commercials seem to indicate that they're willing to make it right. I mean, this isn't the you know the SEC office you're dealing with here. Uh, I think you may have uh, some leeway with uh, with correction. But um, anyway, I just I heard you say Domino's and I thought that's right. They they have insurance now for, for whatever that that is. Um, but yeah, uh, a great game by the Tigers, taking care of the Bulldogs on the road. Um, overall, I, you know, the the offense was kind of a impressing again, just with the the efficiency of it all. You know, the the numbers weren't as huge as we've seen before, uh, and it took them a little bit to get going. But you know, once again, they were efficient, and you know, they had a great run game. Burrow was good again, uh, very good numbers. Um, you know, I thought the the defense pretty much, you know all but shut down Mississippi State. And um, uh, special teams, you know, I, I think they did their job. Really nothing more, nothing less there. Nothing nothing too too exciting to, to mention. Um, but uh, let's, let's start with you, Tommy. What were your uh, impressions of the game? Um, I mean, I think, I think this, this week was just a week, uh, and as cliche, as cliche as it sounds, just taking care of business. You know, no one really expected Mississippi State to be a uh, to be a huge threat or to be a, a you know back and forth game. It wasn't really. Um, Got to give credit to Mississippi State. I think they played pretty well. They, they played up to up to the competition pretty well. Um, but again, you know that that LSU offense uh, was too much for them to handle, and, and LSU's defense is really coming along, in my opinion. I think that um, especially the sort of play in the secondary. Um, 
both Grant Delpit uh, in on a ton of tackles, blitzing a lot last uh, on that game against Mississippi State, um, and Jacoby Stevens playing real well along with uh, Christian Fulton. And then, you know, a, kind of a quiet game for Derek Stingley, but when you're the best in the country, it's almost, that's almost a, a compliment to have a quiet game. So all around, you know, a solid win. Um, you, you know, you escape with no injuries, no, uh, no bad, uh, you know, no bad impressions, and uh, we can just move on to Auburn now. Yeah. yeah, I'll just echo a little bit of what you said. I mean, we avoided the letdown. It reminded me of two years ago when we were pretty heavily favored over Mississippi State. We went into Starkville and got beat up. So we um, did our job here. And, yeah, Mississippi State had a decent run game, but everybody kind of did their part. A little bit of a slow start, which we'll get into, but once we found our groove, it was uh, full speed ahead. Is You could just really tell that our talent was just on another level than theirs, especially in the uh, the passing game in the secondary, where our athletes just kind of out-athleted them. Another good thing is, like you mentioned, uh, getting healthy. A lot of the key defensive players who were out uh, made some big impacts, so the likes of Rashard Lawrence and Michael Divinity and uh, Glenn Logan were back in action. And then, yeah, uh, Grant Delpit had an All-American game along with Jacoby Stevens, just a dynamic duo at the safety position. So we'll break that down a little bit more here. Yeah, and uh, speaking of that offense, uh, like you said, Daniel, there was a it was a little slow to get going. Uh, you know, I just I wasn't used to seeing LSU come out of the gates and you know march down the field and just you know have to settle for field goals. I, I don't really know what Mississippi State was doing differently than everybody else they've played, but. Uh, I don't know, it just seemed like Tigers had some trouble in the red zone, but you know, they they figured it out. You know, and then like you said, they, they started to look like the, the offense that we've come to know and love. And uh Burrow looked great. Um I don't wanna make the cliche that's going around the interwebs now, but he, he definitely played his butt off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I you, you guys know what I'm talking about. I knew <laughs> I was wait, I, well, I was gonna, gonna see it. who was gonna say it because if somebody wasn't gonna say it then I would have taken one for the team, but I'm glad we got it out of the way. Yes, right, exactly. Uh and he he was a pretty good sport about it. He was kinda laughing it off. Uh, you know, in the post game presser, but um yeah, it was just a, a funny incident, and for some reason, uh, CBS felt the need to keep replaying it over and over and over. And over. <laughs> yeah, you gotta wonder what they're thinking. It was a family uh, program. Anyway, um, yeah, right. Uh, that's give them, give them what they want, I guess. But the uh, yeah, the offense finally started humming, and uh, yeah, he, he he passed it around pretty good. Uh, um, I don't I don't have the stats. I well, I know Burrow was twenty five of thirty two. 327 yards. Again, it's not like the eye-popping numbers we've seen in the past, but that is just efficient on the road against an SEC team. I know Mississippi State is not going to be like Alabama, but uh, you know it's, it's pretty good because this usually is a game where they, they kind of hit a, a rough stretch. And I think a couple of years ago, oh no, back in 2011 when they had that uh, run to the title game, they were beating everybody. But then you know, they got to Mississippi State and it was like a – a 19 to nine win or something. It just, you know, it just one of those games that was kind of just, I don't know. It, it wasn't up to par. I think a lot of teams go through that, but if this was LSU's worst game, I think we're we're looking pretty good. Yeah, I mean, um, I, that's kind of what I was about to say. You know, you said uh, Joe Burrow's stats were a little bit down, and they were for his standards. But I think you know any Division One quarterback would kill to to consistently go 300 yards, four TDs 
and you know what 80 percent completion percentage so um yeah. you know either it's a solid performance from him no no bad picks no you know didn't take a ton of sa- or a ton of sacks or get injured or do anything um do anything that would you know hurt our chances moving forward so like I said, you know, it's hard to complain here in uh, Tigerland. Right. Yeah, and, I mean, Joe Burrow, you said maybe a little bit down, but in the process, uh, did set two LSU records. Uh, obviously, the big one was passing touchdowns in a season with 29, and we're only seven games into the season, so he's going to absolutely blow uh, Jamarcus Russell and Matt Mock out of the water. But And then the other is uh, touchdowns responsible for, so he had a – 30 or no, yeah, 31 because he has two rushing touchdowns this year, I believe, and so he's already got that record too. So Joe Burrow getting immortalized already here. Yeah, and I think uh, I saw a stat. It said he was um, this was like his tenth consecutive game with I think passing over 300 yards, which is like the longest active streak in the nation. Um, I thought he had uh, two hundred something last week. I thought he had like 297. Oh, okay. Well, well, what was? Oh no, it was. Uh, I think it was ten consecutive games with at least, I don't know, three touchdown passes, or it was something like that. Yeah. Uh, I guess I should have nailed it down, but um, yeah. Anyway, um, it, it goes back to the end of last season because that's when things, you know, finally started clicking, and uh, you know, got. Did you imagine if he was here for like a whole off season and the year before, like this, we, we would have maybe seen some of this last year. Not the same, you know, scoring offense, obviously, because. I think Joe Brady has a lot to do with it. But uh, just the fact that they have Joe Burrow in there, I think would have got LSU, I don't know, maybe uh, three or four more wins for sure with, uh, you know, than what they would have had without him. Because uh, he's definitely the difference maker. You know, it's just uh, Brennan came in towards the end of the game and uh, he looked okay. Uh, but, you know, there's definitely a drop off, as I said, I think in the preseason between uh, between him and Brennan. No, definitely. Uh, I mean, and I don't think anybody expects Brennan to be at that level right now. Um, I think that he's able to manage the offense, and what, from what we've seen, you know, it's not it's not as explosive and it's not as accurate, but it's still, he can still move the ball down the field. Um, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I think that even some of the best teams, I mean, you watch, and this is a little bit of a segue, but you watch Alabama play without Tua, and it doesn't look like the same team. So anytime you lose your your you know stud uh, Heisman contender quarterback, you know there's going to be a drop off. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, I'm but really going to mention much. I was just saying that like Miles Brennan at this point, this is what his third year as a redshirt sophomore, so he's got that experience, but not really just kind of the big game time situations uh, where you know, just make the play with the pressure on like Joe can as a as a fifth year senior. And then so just seeing that little bit of a drop-off is uh, hopefully this will pick it up for next season, not to look too far in advance, but I'm happy where we're at right now. Yeah, I, I got to wonder, though, if, um, you know, if, if it was, you know, if it was crunch time, if, you know, God forbid something happened to, to Joe, if, if maybe what we see from Miles is just him, you know, just having, just having jitters, having, uh, I don't know, something, something about, like you said, he's been there three years. So there's, there's got to be some... I don't know if there's maybe some hold up there mentally because, you know, he was going to be the presumed starter. And then this guy comes in last year and, you know, takes that job and has it this year. 
he's gone after this year, but you know, still it's got to have some effect on maybe some confidence or just uh, just the ease with which he might play. Otherwise, uh, who knows? I think you know, if he was thrust in the situation, he might you know might might win by a, a trial by fire. But I guess we wouldn't know in, until that happens. But I mean, I, I remember b- before Burrow got here that. Brennan was the talk, you know. They were afraid he wasn't going to sign. Then he committed, and we thought, okay, now we have our next pedigree quarterback. Um, but I guess it's still kind of wait to see to see how he develops. But I don't know. Three years in the program, and I don't know. Uh, There's a little bit of a drop off. So, well, and also keep in mind that it's, it's, it might be three years in the program, but it's it's he's got the same amount of time with Joe Brady as as Burrow has. So. Uh-huh. You know, let's let's give Brennan a year with Joe, like a full year with Joe Brady, and a full off season with Joe Brady, and we'll see, you know, when he's the, when he's the when he's the designated guy, and we'll see what what he can do. Yeah, not to jump yeah. in too much, but a friend of the podcast, Josh Lemoyne, I saw on Twitter was talking about how teams must be pretty much knocking down Joe Brady's door right now to try and hire him is either a consultant or a coordinator in their own teams. And so the LSU kind of needs to do everything in their power to pay the man his money if he wants it and retain him for the years to come, which I would really agree with considering it's been a complete 180 of the whole offense. And then I'm sure that there's so many teams out there that are thirsty to have that just going on in their own cities. So, he, I mean, I would imagine – I don't know if you could attribute 100% of the success to him, but definitely he's been an integral part of that. And I'd, mm-hmm. I'd love to see what he'll do next year, hopefully for LSU. Yeah, but do you think it's um it would just be them hiring away as a consultant? Like, I, or do you think I don't think he would necessarily leave for that. Like, if someone offered him OC position somewhere, like a you know a yeah. power a good power five program. Yeah, that's what I, what I should have said, especially considering he's a little younger. So having that early career promotion to offensive coordinator at a power five school would be hard to turn down, especially considering yeah. he's uh still like under Insminger, at least at LSU, unless they named him kind of co-coordinators uh, here at LSU. I don't know how Insminger would feel about that. Like this guy kind of coming up and, and gunning for his spot a little bit. I, I, don't, I have no idea how this guy's relationship is. Hopefully it's good, yeah. but uh, we'll have to see how um, Scott Woodward and the rest of the, uh, and obviously Ed Orgeron, the head coach, handle that in the off season. Yeah. Um yeah, I imagine they'd want to tie him down. But do you think uh, Joe Brady or did uh, Josh mention were any of these maybe head coaching positions? Or uh, just, I, I, uh, I hadn't heard that. I think that's a big step. But, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility right. how you can have somebody kind of leap to the forefront, kind of like uh, Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma or Sean McVay at the Los Angeles Rams. Just these kind of young, like, yeah. hyper, like, smart offensive minds just – uh, taking the game to the next level, and the teams really desire that, considering the success that they've had. But we'll have to see how it shakes out. Definitely, definitely will. Um, well, yeah, that's uh, that's you know that was that was the offense in a nutshell. Uh, it a little slow going, but then they they finally turned it out. Uh, the defense, on the other hand, they they uh, you know I think they finally they're starting to come into their own. Uh, I, I know they would agree that there's still a little room for improvement, but. Uh, yeah, you know, they they look like DBU once again to me. Uh, Mississippi State couldn't get much going at all, um, and their you know one of their their one touchdown was against uh, I think Jay Ward who wasn't really starting. So uh, you know the, the score probably could have looked even better, 
Um, but I, I thought they were pretty stout. You know, they got some, some takeaways, which I think really helped them uh, in the, the next few games when, you know, it could come down to a drive or two. Uh, what did you think about the defense, Tommy? Yeah, I, I think a, a really uh, good good performance by the defense. You keep seeing uh, week by week they, they, can, they seem to keep getting better. And um, you're seeing different looks that they're mixing in. Like, you know, they're putting Grant Delper up uh, on the line, or not on the line, but on the side of the line or kind of in that, you know, flat area um, and blitzing him a lot, uh, and you know, which seemed to be uh, working pretty well. And then also Michael Divinity, you know, going in a lot of blitz packages, and he, I think he had one or two sacks. Um, I know he had one at, towards the end of the game. It was a pretty, pretty big sack. But anyways. Yeah, um, yeah, he did. So, you know, it's it's really good that it, you're to be hitting your stride right about now. Um, there were a lot of concerns, and we talked about it with Josh, and we talked about it on this podcast, you know, to, basically from week one. Um, but I think that, you know, if LSU can play defense the way that they played for the past two weeks or so, um, we're gonna be we're gonna be all right when it comes to comes to the big games in November, comes to the big games in you know in December. Yeah, for sure. They gave up two touchdowns, which is really I mean not that much, especially when you have an offense as powerful as ours that can match up against that. And then they um, yeah had a big they kind of set the tone on the very first drive when they stopped Mississippi State on fourth down at like their own 50 yard line. They like, all right, we're here to play today. And they did everything they needed to. We had mentioned the, the safety duo before uh, Grant back to his All-American form with 11 tackles. Um, so that's great to see. And then Jacoby Stevens' big day with, with an interception, I think a sack of his own. And it's pretty. And then like you're really seeing his true talent. He was the number one safety in the country coming out of high school. Uh, it's pretty wild that Grant Delta was only a four-star. I think he was like a number seven safety or something like that. But, yeah, so to have two, like, highly touted guys back there doing their thing, while Christian Fulton and uh, Derek Stingley set the edge, you really got nowhere to go over the top. Um, and so that's we'll, – we'll need that level of play against Bo Nix this next week coming up against Auburn. Seth Williams is a huge target for them. He's been playing outstanding this season. So we'll see who they match him up against, whether they decide to go uh, their number one with Seth Williams against Derek Stingley or with Christian Fulton either way. And then – uh, obviously, the game after that with Alabama, you really have to be three or four stud corners deep to match up against their wide receivers. But thankfully, we do have that depth. And then, yeah, the defensive line played good today or this past week with a bunch of sacks, and they just kind of turned in another good performance. Yeah, and um, you know, like you said, they're they're getting better every week, uh, which is what we wanted. Because I remember a few games ago we were all kind of a little nervous just because of, you know, the points people were putting up. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, they, they've dealt with injuries too. You know, some someone's been gone every game just about. Um, but, uh, and I saw this stat too, luckily we, we haven't had to deal with any, you know, ejections for um, a, a targeting hit or, or something like that. You know, as long as everyone's healthy and in the game because they haven't been called for targeting, uh, I think they can they can probably hang with anyone. They just need to get a few stops, which they which they will, I think. Um, Auburn next week, I don't know. They uh, they didn't look as as good against Florida. They looked better against Arkansas, obviously, but Arkansas is not not, not good at all. So I wouldn't <laughs> let the I wouldn't let that score fool anyone. The fifty-one to ten drubbing they gave Arkansas. 
uh, you know, I just I'd see it being similar because uh, LSU and Florida seem to be pretty, you know, pretty similar. Um, they can move the ball on the offense, but the defense was really good. Uh, so I don't think Auburn's going to be able to do as much if this defense shows up. And plus, if they're going to have um, everyone back in healthy, then uh, you know, I, I think the Tigers have have nothing to worry about. Um, there was not really to mention. Not, not really anything to mention with special teams. You know, I think uh, it was pretty cut and dry. You know, they what, what did they have? They had uh, yeah, no, okay, York was three for three. Yeah, he did yeah. miss an extra point though, which is a little bit eh. a little bit disappointing. But, yeah. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, as long as that uh, one point doesn't yeah. come into factor in some later game, it will be okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not going to come into play against Mississippi State, but. Who knows against Alabama? You know, what one point could be all the difference. Considering the closest we've come the last few years is ten. Um, yeah, he'll need he'll need to be on. He'll need to be sharp for that for any game really, but especially Alabama on the road, where three points could make the difference. Uh, and they just announced that one too. It's going to be the two thirty afternoon game, so they won't get him under the light. I think that's probably, I don't know. I feel like that might be better for the Tigers for some reason. But uh, but anyway, um, not really yeah, much of a return. What's that? Go ahead. Oh, I was going to mention just on the, the timing of the Alabama game. So some people are disappointed that it's not a Saturday night game. Uh, but we kind of knew it was coming. If you saw the, the TV rights, CBS can option one of their games to the primetime slot since they own the, the SEC like main rights, but they already used it this season for the uh, Georgia-Notre Dame game in uh, week three, I believe it was. And mm-hmm. then so, yeah, mm-hmm. they, they were out, so they can only have their 230 slots for the rest of the season. So it's kind of too bad that we can't see that primetime, what some are already saying, game of the century, one versus two matchup, uh, if it comes down to that. But it'll be a, a great game nonetheless. Definitely. And yeah, I mean that that's the the marquee game. Uh, I think that'll be the the bigger game of the year, the big the biggest game of the year, uh, as you said, if, if things hold up to that point. Um, but you know, we still we still have Auburn coming in. Um, but uh, Daniel, I did want to <laughs> I did want to ask you because because Tua got hurt, and I think that's something we could talk about here in a minute. But because he got hurt, and he's going to have to sit out a couple weeks. Um, that makes Joe Burrow the current Heisman frontrunner. Um, are you nervous about that? I don't know if I would say nervous. I mean, <laughs> as as the favorite presumption. No, no. Favorite, presumably... I don't think Daniel gets what you mean, Josh. I mean, I mean, I don't think. You oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. You know, I'm just saying because if Joe wins, game... then you're going to have to confront him. Okay. Yeah. I'll um. <laughs> We'll see how that goes. So I may uh, put my Tua jersey on here, but uh, <laughs> but I know, yeah. What were you gonna say? I said I said we might have to we might have to exclude you from this pod if you start talking about putting on a Tua jersey. Okay, I'll, right. I'll put my uh, Justin Fields jersey on. So that's <laughs> but um, yeah, with, with Joe playing the way he is, it's hard to argue against him. I think he leads the nation in touchdowns. I think he's second in yards and number one in completion percentage at this point. And besides the other, like, kind of big four of the quarterbacks, too, uh, Justin Fields and, and Jalen Hurts, I guess you could, it's almost weird not mentioning Trevor Lawrence in there, but he's just had a, a not great season so far. But, yeah, one of them is 
probably 95% going to win the Heisman. And, yeah, hard to vote against our jo- our boy Joey B right now, so I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah I don't know and, what um, it takes for, uh, for reporters like us to get Heisman votes, but I'm ready to cast my ballot. <laughs> You're not even going to wait? No, I'll just do it now. It's a, you know, I just I don't want to take too much time. I'll just you just write a letter that says Joe Burrow on it, and then fold it up, put an envelope that says Heisman on the front, and just go stick it in the mailbox. I just send it to Heisman at New York, New York. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need to put on it. But I'll say this though, um, not to be a Debbie Downer, but if, if you know a few years ago when Leonard Fournette was seemingly the front runner, if people had cast their ballots after Week Seven. Uh, I think, A, he definitely would have been in New York, and B, probably could have won it. But, you know, that's why they uh, they, they wait a little bit. Because, you know, once he hit Alabama, and then, like, those next three LSU, or those next three SEC games, uh, his numbers dropped off drastically. Yeah. I don't think the same's going to happen with Joe Burrow. I, I don't know what to expect from Alabama, to be honest with you, because that defense is so young, and it's going to be on the road. I, I don't think that's going to bother Joe, but you know, it is Alabama. Um, I think this team will be up for the challenge. We're not going to see a, a dismal performance, but I, I I really don't know what to say, like what we think we would see against them. But um, I, know, I suppose we should talk about Auburn first, right? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's, that's the next game right in front of us. Yeah, I mean, we do know we do know we are going to get Bo Nix next week. We don't know about Tua going going forward, but um, Bo Nix will be starting for the Auburn Tigers. So, um, and he actually he's played better in recent weeks, so he's kind of coming into his own. Obviously, he hasn't really played a defense quite like ours. Oregon has a, a decent defense, but it's not LSU, so we'll see how he handles the pressure under the lights. Uh, Death Valley Saturday nights or Death Valley afternoon, I, I should say. Um, which is also predicted to rain all day Saturday, kind of a bummer there. We'll see how, how things are. Hopefully they don't have any postponements or, or delays. But, yeah, I expect mm-hmm. and hope that the Tiger faithful will be out in force like they were against Florida, even if it is raining. And I feel like that definitely has to have an effect uh, on Bo Nix's psyche. Um, but, yeah, we'll do our best to wear them down. Yeah, I'm actually see yeah. I I've kind of flipped and I flip flopped on Auburn for a while. So after their first couple of wins, I was uh I was I was pretty high on Auburn. I remember when we did our preview of the uh LSU Florida game with Josh Lemoyne, I said I was actually more more afraid of Florida. I mean more more afraid of Auburn than I was of Florida. Then uh Florida and Auburn played and you know, we all know what happened there. So then it kind of flipped. So now I'm, 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 I don't know if I'm as high on Auburn as I was before. Um, I think Nix is a good quarterback. I, I, I like him personally. I think Auburn has some good pieces, but I, I don't think that it will be a comparable game to the to the game we just played with Florida. I, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it going down like that. In what way do you think it's going to be more of a kind of grind them out like defensive battle, or is it just? No. No, I don't think I don't think Auburn will take us will will have the game tied in the ha- at half. Like oh, I don't so you, think we'll be going to. You think going to be come out I, and like kind of do a little bit better? Yeah, I'm not going to say we're going to run away with it or anything, but I think we'll be I think we'll be definitively leading for most of the game. Um, you know, maybe if we if we come out kind of like we did last uh, last week against Mississippi State, it might be end up being like that. But I don't think it's going to be one of these games where you know if you remember when we were at the Florida game. 
you know, if that if that four four down uh, stand uh, right on our own goal line goes a different way, you know, we could be talking about a different game, a different outcome. So I don't think it's going to come down to that. I think we'll be able to take care of business again. Just because I, I like I said, I, I was a lot higher on Auburn than I am now. Um, I think Florida. At one time, I thought Auburn was the better team between Florida and Auburn. Um, now I flip flopped again, <laughs> so I, I just don't think uh, Auburn's as good as as good as um, they were, or as good as I thought they were when they were, you know, what number six in the nation or something like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's uh, gonna be a good game either way. Yeah, but uh, it will be, you know, LSU because Auburn they they did finally crack the Auburn cracked back into the top ten. Didn't they? Um, yeah, I believe they're number ten now. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, so that'll AP be poll real quick. No, they're number nine. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's good in uh, it's good on paper. Uh, it'll be LSU's third possibly win against a, a top ten team. But you know, I agree with you, Tommy. I don't. I just don't see. I, I thought Auburn was the better team, also. But then I watched them play and Auburn did not look like the same team. Then LSU played Florida, and uh, you know, I, I'll give Florida credit there. They were better than I thought, and I think a lot of it had to do with uh, Kyle Trask stepping in and just you know, just being uh, ready to go right when they needed him because he, he knew the offense, and he moved him down the field. I mean, he was matching LSU touchdown for touchdown uh, until, the, uh, until the third quarter. Uh, I don't think that's going to be that's the same way with Auburn against LSU because I don't think Bo Nix is as I, I don't know I just don't think he's as uh, composed as as uh, Kyle Trask would have been and I don't know if this is any indication maybe it's just how Auburn played against Arkansas and what they're giving them but uh, you know Bo Nix had a respectable game the uh, 12 of 17 176 yards three TDs no interceptions which is good especially on the road but um that that wouldn't be enough to beat LSU, but they did have almost 300 yards rushing, and like five guys had over 20 yards rushing. Um, so I don't, I don't think Bo Nix could go down the field like Kyle Trask did, but uh, you know maybe maybe they'll gash LSU just because of of how LSU's done against against the run. But you know they look pretty good against Mississippi State. Um, yeah, I mean I think I they, they only had 100 yards. Is, I think our run defense is is pretty uh, pretty solid, especially with. You know, now we have a when we have a uh, a fully healthy defensive line. Um, you know, Rashard Lawrence, like we like we already said when we talked about the defense, but you know, Rashard's looking good, Shelvin's looking good, Logan's you know back and looking good. So um, I'm not, I, you know, I, I don't want to. I'm not going to say that. Like I said, I'm not going to say we're going to run away with it or we're going to you know shut them out or anything like that. But I do think it will be a definitive win. You want to talk about kind of what else happened in college football last week? Yeah, I think we I think we have to talk about uh, this Alabama Tennessee situation, both with Tua's obvious injury, but also I know Daniel, you didn't see it until I showed you, but Scott, did you watch that terrible play by uh, Garantano? Jared Garant? No, I saw I saw some highlight of uh, his coach yelling at him, but I, I didn't see the play. No. Oh gosh. I, here, I just what, gotta, what I gotta send this to you. Like, it's it's so. This is gonna be terrible radio, but like, it's so bad. You you just need to see it for yourself and give it and give a take. Let me pull it up because I sent it to Daniel about a second ago. Is it like a um like a like a sports blooper type of thing, like where it was just um, so bad that it? It's it's 
Well, when you know the context... Wait, Daniel, can you send it to him? Uh, I'll try. Give me a second. <laughs> so, yeah. so they're, they're like on the... Um, I, I think it was 13-28. They're within... One, one touchdown will, uh, will make it a one-score game with the number one team in the country. And, I mean, I think and I'm, I, a lot of people are saying, you know, Tennessee really played up to Alabama. You know, I, I don't know if they necessarily outplayed them, but they were, they were going punch for punch with them. And so they call this play, uh, and it, it looked, I think it was like power left. And um, Jared Garitano goes rogue and decides he's going to run a, uh, a QB sneak. Here it is. I'll, I'm sending it to you now, Scott. Okay. Um, it already sounds delicious. Yeah, it, I mean, it was just horrible. Um, yeah, um, so while I'm pulling that up. So, yeah, Tennessee played them pretty good. There was, there was um, I forget the, uh, you know, the field reporter for this game. She was asking the Tennessee players beforehand, and they were saying, oh, yeah, yeah, this doesn't look like a title team um, like we've seen in years past, Who to which I would think, you know, how would you know? But I don't know. I guess if, if you've been watching the film on Alabama <laughs> every every year for the last how many times they've beat you, then may, maybe you can see a difference. Uh, but they, they were hanging with Alabama, and supposedly there was a few calls that, you know, are very – very skeptical. Could have gone the other way. Almost seems like it was, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, maybe something the typical, was taken from Tennessee. They were the typical Alabama calls. Um, but when you see, but when you see something, when you watch this video, that I, like, you'll say, you know what? I don't care about these calls. They, he, they did not deserve to win after this. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I just saw it. Wow. He, uh, he just walked. He just sat in front of a wall there. <laughs> he didn't. Yeah. That's that's funny. And the worst thing is, there's another, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna belabor the point anymore. But there's another. Uh, you can watch it from another angle where they show from from behind the line, and Tennessee's Tennessee's uh, guard like opens up the hole. And if he just, mm-hmm. if they'd actually run the play called, um, it would be a touchdown. And then that, I mean, at that point, it's your uh, seven point, you know, or I guess eight points down. Um, it could be a different game. So, uh, but that's, so goes, so goes the life of the Tennessee Volunteers. Yeah, it's it's been a tough day, tough month, tough years to be a volunteer. Yeah, (laughs) they may be back in the year 3000, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, otherwise, Wisconsin taking a big L uh, to Illinois. Shout out Lovey Smith getting back in action with a walk-off field goal to down the Badgers, who have been looking, like, dominant so far this year, especially on defense. I think they pitched, like, four out of five games, like, were shutouts. Then they lose to Illinois, which is kind of interesting considering they play Ohio State this week. So if Wisconsin comes back angry for that loss and drops Ohio State, then that would be pretty huge, um, kind of freeing LSU up a little bit. Uh, yeah. Michigan loses again. Or Jeff, something to say on that one? Well, I was just gonna gonna add on that, like you know, in the next couple of weeks, a lot of those northern teams, um, you know, they're gonna start bloodying each other up, and there's some good chances. You know, there's it's like Michigan's playing uh, Notre Dame. I think is it, is it this week, Daniel? I uh, texted you about it. Believe it's next week. Next week, okay. So, well, anyways, Notre Dame is playing Michigan, or Michigan's playing Notre Dame. And uh, so, like, you know, I think that's, that's one to watch out for just because not that Michigan's a great team or anything, 
Um, they did kind of hang with Penn State last week. Um, yeah, I didn't but, get to watch that game, but I heard of, like a few couple things at the end, like switch that Michigan really should have won that game against Penn State. But yeah, so, so I just breaks down. I think that the you know all those like like the one you're mentioning um, just then with Wisconsin, and then also you know with some of these other games coming up in the with the Big Ten, um, there's a chance for for a bunch of teams to knock each other off, and then you know kind of the committee's left to pick up all the pieces and put together who the best team is. So that could be that could be advantageous for uh, our SEC teams. Yeah, and then one other one to kind of look for in a couple of weeks is uh, Oklahoma at Baylor. Um, Baylor kind of being sneaky right now, still undefeated. They kind of squeaked by in a couple of games, but they, they catch Oklahoma at home, so one of those teams is going down then. And that's definitely going to be Oklahoma's toughest test before potentially a Big 12 championship rematch maybe against Baylor or Texas. Uh, so a loss by the Sooners there would be real big for us as well. But, yeah, if Baylor wins that game, who would have expected them to make a run for the playoff? That's still a ways off. Yeah, no one no one would have. Uh, and they that would be amazing, especially considering, you know, uh, I wouldn't say that they had the death penalty, but, you know, with everything that happened with our trials. Yeah, they had to start over, basically. Uh, but speaking of Texas, uh, they – you know, they, it's weird. They they looked good against LSU, but they lost a close game. They looked pretty good against Oklahoma, but they lost a close game. And then they have Kansas come into town, who doesn't have a winning conference yet, only has, you know, they're two and four. And they played Texas till the end. That Texas won 50 to 48. Uh, so I'm like, what what's going on here? Because is Kansas really that good? I mean, uh, Les Miles Texas, got them rolling. I know, right? Well, hey, I think a lot of that has to do with their running back, uh, Puka Williams, who was at one time an LSU com, uh, uh, recruit. Um, I think, though, he – I don't know. He went to Kansas, and then Les Miles followed him. So interesting story there, I bet. But, uh, yeah, he, he gashed the Longhorn for almost 200 yards. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I think I would said like a week or two ago about Texas and Oklahoma maybe playing in that Big 12 title game and – but I, I don't know. I, I think Texas is due for a loss here in the next few weeks because they've come close. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know. You, you shouldn't be losing – or you shouldn't be beating Kansas at home 50-48. to 48. That, uh, that just seems out of place to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, you live by the sword, you die by the sword because uh, – what's his name? Ellinger, of course, is famous for saying about how, you know, we're back and – I, exactly. I would say that after uh, after a couple of losses that we've seen so far, Texas is not back. They're mm. better than they used no. to be, but they're not back. Yeah, they're not they're not going to have any five and seven seasons, but they are not back to you know two thousand six level. That's for sure. Yeah, this is not this is not the Vince Young Colt McCoy days. Yeah, no. you mentioned you mentioned the uh, the death penalty a little bit ago. I want to give a shout out to the SMU Mustangs sitting seven and zero. Oh yeah, another, another team from Texas, kind of doing well. They also have some of the cleanest unis in college football. Oh, I'm telling you, those Dallas uniforms, sign me up. <laughs> have you seen those, Scott? Yeah, they were nice. Yeah, they yeah, have, no, I, I, I say Dallas, like, in, like, cursive script. They they got that, they've nice. got that, that D on the helmet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of the best dome around. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we got, let's see here. I think that's pretty much it. Oh, my, my Tulane Green Wave, they got blasted by Memphis, so they're, uh, their hopes have been dashed a little bit, but unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, the cowards will will not have to rank them. <laughs> yeah, Tulane continues to go unranked, but we'll 
We'll see. Oh, wait, we, we, yeah. we haven't we haven't talked about. I feel like, uh, and I, mean, I know we're about to probably wrap up, but we still need to talk about Tua, because, I mean, that's a this Tua obviously got uh, right ankle sprain, not the ankle not the ankle from last year where he sprained it in the SEC championship. So it's a different ankle. Uh, sprains the ankle, leaves the game, gets in a gets in an uh, ambulance, then comes back to the game, and then is uh is within 12 hours is in surgery on Sunday morning um, with what do they, what do they call it? God, he said it was a high ankle sprain. No, I know that there's, there's a type of procedure that they, they call us. They oh. call his, they you pretty much just like bolt, bolt your leg together. I don't know how to describe it better, but like, well, no, what I don't get is if it's, I've never heard of a surgery for a high ankle sprain. Uh, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not, James Andrews, an orthopedic surgeon, but I've never heard of someone needing surgery for a high ankle sprain. Um, and then not only that, but that that injury itself, you know, it's like four to six weeks, and he's going to be back in two, and there's a surgery on top of it. I, I don't know. I think uh, I think that's a it's amb- ambitious, but maybe it's maybe it's just not as bad. But it just sounds bad. High ankle sprain with surgery, but he's going to be back in two weeks. I don't know. That seems well, weird to me. So I, so from what I, I, I and I'm, I, this might be wrong, but I think I remember them saying that I, I just looked it up. It's called the tightrope procedure, and um, okay, I think that was pioneered by James Andrews. So you're right. Like typically, I mean, I had a high ankle sprain in high school. They didn't do anything about it. They said like suck it up and go to and you know work your work your ankle out, do a little bit of rehab. Um, right. But. I guess if you're, you know, if you're a high-performance athlete, which I was not, um, and you can go and you have the ability to go see, you know, Dr. James Andrews, he can, uh, he'll do this thing where he, you know, puts this, this looks like a tiny pin and or a tiny little bolt kind of thing, in your, um, in your ankle, and it'll, uh, it'll work, I guess. And they did it to him last year as well, um, on the on the okay. on his left ankle, and so. Uh, you know, I, I guess it worked for him last year, but I think you're. I mean, it's, you're right that it's not a. Uh, it's not the typical. Um, not the typical treatment for a high ankle sprain, but I think that. Uh, well, yeah, I, I I don't know where that take was going. I'm sorry. Yeah. So but, yeah, just kind of wrap it up. Even if he does return for LSU, which is kind of what they're saying is the timeline right now, it's still going to be. He may not be 100%. We'll see how that affects it. I'm really eager to see how they play against Arkansas this week with uh, Mac Jones as their quarterback. And then, so, yeah, they looked a little little weak um, when he went out in the last game. And obviously Arkansas is no Titan. I, I still expect Alabama to dominate them. But if they're shaky, then things can be promising. And don't want to say things are already kind of breaking LSU's way. You don't really never want to say that, especially with somebody getting hurt. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I guess we'll we'll find out really how Alabama shapes up. They still got their defense even without Tua, and but we got our offense, so we'll we'll show them down coming up here in November. Yeah, I mean, I just I just don't think there's a way that he'll be a hundred percent. I I don't I think that you know those ankle injuries linger. Uh, you know, was he was he a hundred percent in the playoff? I'm not. You know, I don't know. I don't. Uh, the they obviously didn't win. Um, so. Yeah, I, I just think that it, it's it's. Uh, I'm sure he'll play. I'm sure he'll play well. 
but will he be as, as dynamic as he's been in the past? I would I would probably bet no. So mm-hmm. and you and are I, a betting hope, man. I am a betting man. And I would hope so. Get, so if I can get the, if I can get the line on if two is going to be, you know, somebody somebody give me a money line on will two be a hundred percent, and I will hammer the under. Um, but uh, the, I guess the the difference maker is how is LSU going to respond and how is LSU going to going to take advantage of that? You know, how is the defense right. going to show up and really, uh, you know, exploit that he's probably not as mobile as he can be, and you know maybe maybe his. Uh, his pocket presence isn't as good as it normally is. Just as, uh, and how are they going to adjust to that? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 he may not be as mobile, but he, he may not have to be because if you just watch the film, he can just sit back there all day and just throw darts to, uh, to his receivers. Um, yeah, he, he won't be as mobile, but you would think LSU would have to really look out for their run game and just those receivers because uh, – uh, I don't know. Maybe he he will be good to go, but um, I, I still like their chances. You know, especially after after what LSU did this week defensively. I mean, Jacoby Stevens had that awesome interception, one-handed it out of the air. Uh, I think that's what earned him the SEC Defensive Player of the Week honors. Um, and then of course Christian Fulton got one too. Uh, kind of lost his footing there, but uh, a, a good interception nonetheless. So. I think the the defensive backs will be ready. It'll just be up to LSU's line. You know, they're gonna have to get some pressure. Make make him run on that ankle instead of just sitting back there comfortably in the pocket and just throwing at will. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, um, but they, uh, you know, as far as LSU's offense, uh, some some injury updates. Uh, Cardell Thomas is actually back at practice this week. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if there's a timeline as far as when he might be game ready, but he's already, I think, somewhat ahead of schedule if he's already returning to practice. Because some were saying he, he might be gone for the year. Um, Ordron also said Sadiq Charles would be ready to play this week, as well as Terrace Marshall. So um, good news as far as the injury. And like you guys said earlier, there, was, uh, there wasn't any injuries this week at Mississippi State, I don't think. So uh, the Tigers could be healthy uh, as long as, you know, they stay healthy after the Auburn game, of course. Yeah, I think that that's going to be important. Just take care of business against Auburn. Get a, have a nice win. Prepare for you know have relaxation on the bye and prepare for Alabama and most importantly stay healthy. Yep, all yeah. good points. Looking forward to this Saturday. We'll have the report for you coming next week. And you know what? That's a good point for all of our listeners as well. You know, just because you're not on the field doesn't mean you shouldn't stay healthy. So go out there, get your exercise, and do as I did yesterday and get your flu shot. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, that was a oh, you did. Good for you. From talking ticks. Yeah. Shoot your shot. Louisiana Department of Health. Thank you, Tommy. So, um, who is the? Uh, God, uh, I'm blanking right now. That he was um, the lineman that had to sit out this year. Well, was sitting out up until he uh, charges were dropped or charges weren't Ed filed Ingram? or something like that. Yes. Thank you. Uh, going back to what you said about just stay active and, you know, stay, stay in shape. Uh, he was doing all these things by himself, even though he couldn't be with the team. You know, the guys were saying they saw him in the weight room. Uh, they saw him on the practice field running drills by himself. Uh, you know, he just, he, he, he stayed busy. Uh, he, he, he didn't worry about what he couldn't control and he just 
worried about what he could control, which was staying in shape, staying agile, and staying in the weight room. Um, so, yeah, like when your time does come, you're ready to hop right back in there if needed. Um, so, I don't know, is that uh, was that it around the college football landscape, or did you guys have any more uh, – any more thoughts to introduce? Any nuggets? Uh, I think I'm good. Um, it was a good week. A couple unbeatens went down uh, with Wisconsin, and then Boise State lost as well uh, to BYU of all people. But yeah, I think that was that was about it. Yeah, I think that Wisconsin loss could help or hurt. Excuse me, it would hurt uh, Jonathan Taylor's Heisman hopes because he. Like the game before, he had five TDs. He was looking great. I mean, he he still had a good game, but as you know, and this is such a weird thing, how they, you know, they'll they'll look at wins and losses when looking at Heisman candidates. And if your team's not doing great, then your chances kind of go down with the team. Um, so yeah, like the Big Ten is about to get uh, get a little hairy. So I think Wisconsin would have to uh, come close to winning out of. And Taylor would have to keep performing. Otherwise, I think it's going to be up to the quarterbacks, uh, which of which Joe Burrow is in the lead. South Carolina and Florida. Did you guys see any of that one? Um, I actually, yes, I did watch that game. Yeah, I mean, was, South Carolina was playing them pretty close there for a while. Uh, you know, I know they beat Georgia last week, so you thought, was it a fluke? Are they good? South Carolina actually looked pretty good. Uh, you know, there's a couple – like Florida's go-ahead touchdown, the wide receiver actually ran a pickoff play, and uh, Muschamp was fuming. Mm-hmm. Um, so that uh, I don't know. That game probably could have been closer. It could have gone the other way even. So I, I don't know. The, the SEC East is. Uh, I, I don't think whoever comes out of that. I, I don't think they're they're going to have a chance in the SEC title game. We'll see though. Um, but you know, Georgia and Florida still have to play each other, but. Um, the SEC East, once again, does not look as up to par as the West. Just, yeah, I tend to agree. Yeah. Um, I don't know, any, anything else Anything else you guys wanted to, to mention? I think that's all I had. Yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. we got a uh, – looking forward to a good week or good weekend with, uh, with mm-hmm. the Tigers coming to play the Tigers. Right. Uh, yeah, so going off of that, um, you got Bo Nix coming to play his first game in Tiger Stadium as a freshman. Auburn's number 10. Their only loss is to Florida, who is also in the top 10. Um, would you would you care to make a prediction, even if not the score, how you think the game might go? Um. I mean, I'll go ahead. I think that, like I said earlier, uh, I think LSU wins definitively. You know, I think it would be a maybe uh, 17 or 21 point win. Um, mm-hmm. I think that will. I think that will. You know, play real well, and there won't be any uh, back and forth. Yeah, I tend to agree. Yeah. LSU to win, maybe something like 41-24 uh, by about two two scores there. Uh, similar to kind of the Florida game, except maybe a little bit lower scoring. Yeah, I I think I had uh, LSU pegged way higher this past game, but you know they they still had a, a good win against Mississippi State. So I'm gonna say it's something similar. I'm gonna say 42 to 20, the good guys. 
having said that, um, any any final thoughts? Uh, hopefully, it'll never rain in Tiger Stadium, so we can get out and support our team this week. I'm planning on being there, so rain or shine, but it'd be nice to have a, some good weather to watch LSU win. True. Please don't rain. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know. That's what uh, that's what LSU Miles said once. It, it never rains in Tiger Stadium. Then I then I think it rained that next year. <laughs> um, but even so, I, I think I like LSU's chances, even if it is raining. Um, I, I don't see Auburn being able to move the ball through the air if it's raining in Tiger Stadium. Uh, so they're going to have to rely on the ground game. But you know, LSU's defense is, uh, is has shown up well against the ground. Um, and I think with that, that'll just about do it for us here on Talking Tigs. Tune in next week. We'll have the Auburn game for you, as well as any other games around the SEC or the rest of the college football landscape and, uh, and any other news. Um, just wanted to say that uh, LSU is actually – it hit the top 25 in basketball. They're about to get going. So a lot of expectations for them. Wanted to give them a shout-out right before they get going. And uh, LSU baseball, too, I think they're about to start their fall program or their fall workouts. A lot of anticipation there as well. Um, so stick around, and we'll see you next week on the Talking Ticks. Go Tigers.